Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi, villains, and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate podcast, a more somber For the Love of Pomegranate podcast today with your host, Neil Dunrit. And as always, I'm joined with Paddy, joined by Paddy Kelly from the Munster Line Supporters Club. Uh, we're two, um, I suppose, despondent Irish men today. We're despondent, we're down, but we're absolutely not out. And today we're going to give you a little episode. We're going to combine our review of the Chelsea game and our preview of the Newcastle game all in one. Games are coming thick and fast at the moment and it can be a help or a hindrance. I suppose sometimes when games come this quickly you can get over things a bit easier and it's just basically focus the mind on on the next game and Paddy, I suppose that's really what the team is going to have to do after three horror minutes against Chelsea um, at Villa Park on, on Sunday. Yeah, like uh, we lost we're downbeat. If you if it's, if you'd have said on Saturday we're going to lose two one tomorrow, you probably would have said yeah, fair enough. That would be about right. We we we've kept them twenty one goal. You're talking about a team of billionaires or players worth billions against our assembled, hastily assembled squad from last summer, um, and ultimately, the five substitution rule that they've brought in has for the first time gone against us. Um, that double substitution turned us inside out for a few minutes and it was a walk in the park for them then after that. But, um, you know, I, I'm downbeat and I'm downbeat be, not not because of... There, there was a number of individual performances, I thought, which were quite good. I think we're still finding our feet and getting back to, to full fitness. But um, I think the, the negativity has just got the better yeah. of me the last couple of days. I don't think there's any need for it. I think I think if we ever needed positivity, we need it now. Like there's people calling for Sam Allardyce and stuff like that, and you're just shaking your head, going, "What is the point?" Sam fucking Allardyce. Yeah, genuinely, like it's that. That's I don't mind people saying, you know, that yes, it was a turgid performance because it was, but I can see tactically why he had a performance like that. I I came I was very very vocal in saying it's a must not lose and up until sixty minutes, you know it was we were doing a pretty mm-hmm. decent job, and then they bring on Barkley and and Pulisic. But like, I didn't care. Like if we got a one all draw and we had three goalkeepers in the field, and it I wouldn't it just wouldn't have mattered. And I owed it to me. It, like yeah. nobody remembers how you get 
get dogged draws like that. Nobody remembers how you get the kind of they scrape the points to stay up in the Premier League, you know. And and, and I nearly know I know that you know nearly never bull the cow or anything like that. And a defeat like that is deflating. But I'm I'm a small bit more positive in some of the tactical pieces, like the team. It, the, the mental frailties are still there, given they absolutely are. But tactically, Chelsea were, they were bamboozled at times. All they could do was play it wide and cross the ball into the box. Mm-hmm. So it's, and I see it's easy for everyone to say, you know, that they were shit and were clueless tactically and, and so on. But it was as clear as day in that game that we were shaping up not to concede first and foremost. We, were, we just, we were looking for a nil all draw. And I would be swinging from the rafters if we got a nil-all draw. Then we go one up, and it's kind of it, it's it forced Chelsea then basically to come at us more, and they didn't really come at us more. Like the first goal that they got was fortuitous. I don't care how many more times he takes that half volley; every one of them go over the north stand, and they the end up. Hands. There's no control yeah. there. It was a lucky That's... one, yeah. Absolutely not. Or the skew off his foot and it goes out for a throw even, you know. Yeah. He, if he does that a thousand more times, that happens. And then, and I think Giroud's goal was unbelievably fortuitous as well. I think both of them were Gazi's fault. I haven't looked back at the second one as much as I want to. I tried mm. to, but I couldn't see it from his decent enough angle. Both of them came from just switching off. A new man came in there. He was a bit more mobile. He wasn't hugging the touchline. He was cutting in a bit more. Wasn't followed by the, by the, the winger. Kanza had his hands full. I, but the big thing here is that that team was set up to play a nine in front of the in front of the or a nine behind the ball. If we went two up top yesterday, we would be talking about a team that had lost two, five three, six, four, yeah. five, six. It could have been another eight nil. Yeah, you know, you have to be tactically astute against and play to your strengths against teams like Chelsea. Um. <laughs> I could see why people are downbeat because the football isn't attractive. They were still rusty. Like, I mean, John, they're expecting John again to come back and be a world beater again. That's going to take time. He's going to need minutes in the legs. It just doesn't come back like that after a leg break. Um, yeah, he broke his leg. Let's, yeah. let's not forget. Like. I, I thought tactically we set up quite well early on. Mm-hmm. Um, we frustrated them. We, got, we created a couple of chances. Um, goal was kind of scrappy and fortuitous you know we can't argue with that but we got it like I mean Hossa puts that ball in the back of the net at the end and, oh. and all those tactics are forgotten about Absolutely. nobody gives a shit do you know what I mean yeah. that's the difference you know that that chance falls to Samata and we could be looking at a completely different picture today that's another point gained and we're level with everyone else so like there's a lot of reasons to be upbeat here there's there's minutes in the legs, you know, where the the, the players are, are are getting back to full fitness. We we now have possibly the biggest game of our season on Wednesday night, I think anyway, because if we don't get in anything out of that, we're in trouble. And by getting anything out of it, I mean there's nothing short of three points due here. We need three points. It has to come and it has to come sooner rather than later. We're not going to pick up the, the wins against the Wolves, Liverpool, Man United, if we can't go and beat Newcastle and get some positivity out of it. So they need to go pick up the three points on Wednesday and change everybody's mindset because taking us out of that bottom three is all that matters now. Mm, I agree. Like, it's very easy to see Chelsea coming at us and coming at us and coming at us, which they did do. And they, and that Chelsea did that to most teams, let's not forget. Yeah. Like, it's not a case that COVID-19 has suddenly made us uh, challenge at the top of the league. That's that's not what has happened here. If you look at it, we like bef- prior to COVID, we gave away quite a lot of shots. Yes, we gave away a lot of there was a lot of shots from Chelsea, but not a lot of them troubled Nyland. No, they didn't. They they didn't trouble him an awful lot. Yes, he nearly parried one into the back of the net, which had my heart in my mouth. But yeah. not a lot of them troubled him. No, I thought he made, William he made, ran he made the one show. great one great save where he was at full Did. stretch. Missed you know, I think he just took his eye off the second one just briefly and the spin kind of took it a, a bit past him. But I don't think it was ever in any real danger. Obviously, the heart was in the mouth. But um, I don't think you can argue with, with his selection either. I think he did okay. 
Yeah, absolutely. Like we had eight shots in that game yesterday. Yeah, I was looking eight shots and four on target. I was looking at the stats. One of the shots on target was actually Nyland. <laughs> really? Off from kick out. He, he took he took a kick. There was one kick out that barely cleared everyone's head and went straight into the keeper's hand. Oh hands. yeah, 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 yeah. It did. It did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Still, they all count. There's been often games when we had no shots. There was a well, sorry, I won't yeah. say often. There was one or two games this year where we had no shots. Yeah. Um, I don't think we'd have shot in that Leicester game before lockdown, did we? I think, I think that, might, I think I think that was one of you're right in that one. Yeah. Uh, it's but it was it was an interesting game. Like for those of you who expected us to come out and play ticky tack football, and and all of a sudden the the kind of horror was going to be messy inside there. Or sorry, it was going to be Iniesta. Some might say he might have been a bit messy in this game. Uh, I didn't think he was too bad. I thought he did what he was supposed to do. It seemed to be pretty evident that Douglas Luiz was going to control the D on the front of the box. I'm going to talk about that midfield tree because they come in for a bit of a bit of stick. And I think the fans, I, once again, I don't want to be preachy, and that's not exa- that's not what I'm trying to do. But when you look at a game tactically, that those that, that midfield tree are playing way different in the way that, than the way that they were prior to COVID-19. And I think that I think it's a good point. McGinn isn't up to the speed of the game yet. Um, as you mentioned, he's had the lowest touches in both of the games that he's played. Um, comfortably the lowest touches of any outfield starter mm-hmm. in any of the games he's played. Um, but what he did do, and I remarked on it on Twitter at times, he seemed to be following Loftus Cheek when Loft, uh, as far as Loftus Cheek got to the to the halfway line, and then he was kind of taking Mason Mount when he got into the, in, into the final third um, of of our defensive third, should we say? And Conor Horan was following Kovacic down the opposite side. So what was happening was when they were trying to overload, and this is why they had to get so many crosses from far out in the wings. But there was no kind of diagonal crosses from, from maybe like like Douglas. They didn't have many crosses like Douglas Luis had for our goal, which is where you where we are dangerous at crossing the ball and where we actually give away an awful lot of um, chances from that type of cross. But they were being forced wide and they were being forced down the wing because yeah. Target was keeping his position. He was probably defending a small bit higher, allowing and, and almost wanting people to run between him in the centre half. But Conor Horan and, and McGinn were making very good runs to get back there to stop those, ch- those runs into the channels there, which was really good. So the structure of that midfield tree was excellent. Douglas Louise didn't put a foot wrong in the first half. I commented on Twitter as well. He was imperious. He was brilliant. And yeah. he's been brilliant since he came back. So there's a lot of... And now, I'm not saying that... The, that nobody could do the job that McGinn and Conor Horan did. But the structure that Dean Smith is instilled within those, that, that midfield tree for what we're doing and looking to grind out results, I think is really, really, really positive. Yeah. Um, the back four, I think, are pretty sharp. They're, 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 they're my preferred back four, bar Freddie Gilbert. When, even when Freddie Gilbert comes back, I know you play him right wing. At this rate, <laughs> yeah. you know, I just don't want El Ghazi in my team anymore. No, me neither. And if if Trezeguet's heart is in Turkey, send him yeah. off to Turkey. As far as I'm concerned, um, I, I obviously hasn't said it himself. But um, regard the the midfield three, I think you're right. I think first and foremost, he is defending more than anything else. Mm-hmm. They're they're sitting a whole pile deeper. The, the only the only thing that baffles me is that there's Still a lot of crosses coming in. So we're still playing quite narrow at the back, even though there's four of them there. We had this problem when we were three at the back. That's worrying me that, I don't know, maybe Konza is playing very narrow because he's used to playing centre-half, I don't know. But they're coming in from Matt Target's side as well, so that doesn't really stock up. But you might recall during the game, there was a couple of times where Chelsea had to ping the ball from the halfway line from one side to the other and put the ball mm-hmm. out of play because we, they just couldn't penetrate us at all. Yeah, and that's that's what you want to happen, you know. That's, you know, if if we play like that on Wednesday, we'll nick a goal from somewhere. And to be I, honest, if if he plays one and goal and nine defenders and we win one nil, once we get out of this, I couldn't give a shit. Absolutely, one hundred percent. And that's that. Like this is the mentality: champagne football for whatever happens. This this is unprecedented times. This is roll up your sleeves, bring your lunchbox to work, yeah. put on your hard hat and just drill as hard as you possibly can for as long as you can. There's the almost nearly the communist mentality is needed here. You need to just work for the greater good. And it's not about 
you know, it's not about anything else other than that. Yes, maybe could we bring Jack into it a small bit more? I absolutely think that's our key out, our, our way out of this. But yeah, um, if that's if it's going to be at the detriment of conceding goals like we were prior to COVID nineteen, or messing up this really sturdy midfield tree, this midfield formation. I'm not saying the players themselves because I think they're interchangeable. I think that's the reason that he's come up with this 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 kind of um ultra defensive kind of midfield three but i like that structure it's 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 looks a lot more sturdy and looks a lot more frustrating yeah. it's it's a very international style structure as i mentioned to on the, the total villain podcast i was on it directly afterwards it's like it it's like something whereby you'd see jesus i'm trying to pick a team now that would be kind of backs to the wall, hard to beat international team. And I can't think of any off the top. Probably Ireland. <laughs> Probably Ireland. It's yeah. like they're built to soak up pressure like an international game, catch a team in a set piece or on a break. It's going, it's going to the Spanish way. Like I watched Sociedad the other night. Yes. It was actually very similar. Um, you know, and, and they were very hard to break down and it took a long time to concede. And <clears throat> I could see similarities in, in the way we've been set out. You're saying bring Jack more into it. I think the only way we can bring Jack more into it with that system is to play him in front of that tree mm-hmm. and and look at what we're going to do up top. <laughs> I know everyone's crying out for two up top. If, if he has to play the way he is with Jack on the left, he's got to try Samata on the right. He's got to freshen it up. Or yeah, I, I think with, Davis on the right and Samata up top on his own. Yeah, one or the other. I, I think um, I'm not sure what Keenan would be like crossing the ball, but I'm sure if you're a professional footballer, you'd have a good good go at it. Um, and and that's obviously what Amwar is there for, even though it just it's just not happened for him. Like he ran around for 20 minutes and looked like he cared for 20 minutes. Then he just completely disappeared. Like like mm. as if he wasn't there. He was just running around like a headless chicken, and I was like. Surely he's more to offer than that. You're right. I just so I, I I still think that's the problem area. I said it before before this game that that's where it needs to be changed. I'm not sure Trezeguet is the answer either. He didn't have a whole pile to offer. Um, in in the two games he came on, so why not mix it up there? Um, as you say, maybe maybe play Gilbert or Elmo. There there has to be some other option there because he's a passenger. In my opinion, hugely, and and what I don't, I don't like criticizing players out like that. It's but how many chances does he get? He, he's just he just hasn't done it this season. No, he he goes through sports of getting a goal here and there or doing something special. Like geez, <laughs> playoff final last year was you know yeah. In fairness to him, um, but it's just not happening for him. I, I I just don't I just don't see any improvement there. Um, I wonder did the weather not suit him and he wanted the, the hot weather but there's no excuse now it's warm it's dry well it's a couple of showers like but he he should be coming into his own there now yeah I, I'm 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 I've I've lost faith it's not that I dislike yeah. him in the for the heart for the battle the stomach for this battle in Anwar Ghazi for me are sh- slowly but surely both detaching themselves from the same sentence and uh, you know for what he brings to the game, you know, his goal against Everton was fantastic at the start of the season, but it's too far, too few and far between. His his lack of will or want to win to get back into the box. We've seen it time and time again this year. Mings had a goal in previously, whether it's on the right or whether it's on the left. Pulisic just goes in past him. He yes, you can say he had more legs in him because he was just fresh, but you know, if anything, when a fresh man comes onto the, a new man comes onto the field, you know you're you're constantly looking for him to figure out what his new what his game is. They've obviously seen that El Ghazi wasn't tracking back and maybe was leaving him o- more open uh, than uh, was leaving him more open than than uh, than he was in the first half, or maybe then Jack was in the first half because they swapped sides. Jack played a good portion of the first half on the right hand side, yeah. and El Ghazi on the left hand side. And actually, it's interesting because you know they do. They did kind of switch their point of attack an awful lot um, to try and isolate those two guys out there. So Jack was okay, I thought, but El Ghazi just doesn't. He just doesn't no. do it in defence, and, and, and if it means putting Elmo there, he's made this big deal about it, his his body fat, and to be honest, 
the body fat means nothing if you if you haven't got a big no. heart for this. We need we need need warriors out there. We need fellas that are going to bust the gut. Just, Wayne, but, like, just look it's, Wayne Rooney. Yeah. There you go. Gaza, Wayne Rooney. Like they yeah. they'd all be back there to making that tackle. Yeah, exactly. Just it's that will to win, that team mentality that like my body fat, oh well, fair play to you, you look great in the selfie and you look fantastic in the mirror. But you know, you may have like it's it's the it's the lump of fat that's inside in your skull that that is the big thing here, or that's underneath your 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 chest plate. You yeah. know, the one that pumps that pumps everything around your body. So we've been we've been pretty amped up there for roughly about twenty minutes, Patty. And <laughs> and I know, look, we're in a dog fight. We're going to need people. We're going to need to invoke the the spirit of a Tony Pulis team of maybe the early two thousand and tens. Uh, to try and get out of this, and, and and it's not unsurmountable by any matter of or by any stretch of the imagination. But Paddy, do you think there was any positives from that game yesterday? Is there anything that this team can take away and can say, well, look, if we just continue with this on this vein of 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 um, of form in this particular area, that we can progress? Um, well, as I said earlier, I think I think if we set out the same way against Newcastle we, we will have a good chance of winning the game um, the positives Douglas Louise has just been fantastic he's, he's literally like a new signing for us he's not the same player we had post-Covid or uh, pre-Covid so um, to have him playing and apparently spend a lot of time working on his English as well which has obviously helped him uh, communication wise so um, it, it's great to see um, him bossing that midfield the back four is fine I think I think that's positive they've been playing pretty well together um, just like to see them a little bit wider when when we haven't got the ball because you know to stop those crosses coming in because eventually you know if you see Andy Carroll coming on on, uh, on Wednesday he'll destroy us so mm. just got to be careful of that and you know Keenan Huffed and Puffed is a thankless job Um but give him his dues. He tried his best. He absolutely tried his best. And I don't think he can be accused of anything else. Um, he's just missing someone to, to work with. Um, I thought there was one stat. Um, I know I commented on it on our group. The last 10 minutes at one stage was 90 minute, 90% possession for Chelsea. And they didn't have a shot in that time. And we had two. We had two, two opportunities mm. on the 10, 10%. Because... This just shows that we we can break away and score and and create opportunities on the break. So we have enough there to break people down as well. So we just gotta try not to be homing in on on the negatives here because you know, as I said at the start, if we'd have said Saturday going into this, would you take a two one defeat and the, the not taking a further hit on our uh, goal difference, I, I would have taken it because I, I, honestly, after five minutes yesterday, I was like. Uh oh, this could be dangerous mm. now, even more to our to our uh, goal difference. So um, that didn't happen, despite the fact that people are saying, you know, we were battered. We were battered, but uh, I think we weathered the storm very well for sixty minutes. Um, I think I think if we played them again next week, we weather a bit longer. There'll be more in the in the tank. Um, but yeah, um, I just I just worry about what 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 Keenan has to work off or, or what Samat has to work off because um, El Ghazi isn't doing it for me, Trezeguet isn't doing it for me. So I, I'd just like to see that mixed up a little bit and uh, see how we go from there. Yeah, I, I have to agree. And big, big thing for me, big positive for me is since we've come back, is the goal difference, um, is the fact that we're not shipping lots of goals. Look, I know it's only two games, but we've played Chelsea who had, what, 78% possession? And and you know they only look dangerous twice. Well, once really. The Pulisic yeah. one was out of, was in nothing. Uh, you know, yeah. crossed the evaded everyone. He just got onto it at the yeah. back post. It was the one time Conzo fell asleep and didn't track with him. Yeah, well, it was, it was more Algazi. Conzo was it was kind of inside the small bit more. Yeah. Algazi didn't track him down, but um, I think that that's good. Like take into account that Dean Smith was playing that game, and, and you have to. You have to bear this in mind that goal difference is like a point at this point of the season. It's and we're now minus six goals on West Ham, and that has to have something in Smith's mindset. West Ham go out and they lost what was it three nil, um, 
and yeah. they looked woeful. Like, however bad we looked, at least we looked like we had some sort of a plan. They looked horrible altogether. Bournemouth, Bournemouth looked useless as well. Like this, these, we're we're all looking at it through our lens and seeing ourselves as being as bad or as as kind of huffy and puffy and and kind of not doing much in the attacking mm. third as we've seen us probably since 2016. But you have to remember, like it's really a race to see who's the best of the uh, who's the best of the of the four four bad teams in this Premier League this year. Yeah. And let's just be the fourth worst team. And that'll be like, happy. I, genu- I genuinely think that Bournemouth and West Ham are on the slide. But with, with these teams having to play teams around them at the bottom, there will be the, the games where they pick up a, a, a three-point game, you know, that you weren't expecting. That, and we need to be picking up those games. Yeah. Where, where, and, and Wednesday has to be one of the ones we, we do. You know, in, yeah, we'd have to be targeting the likes of Arsenal, Crystal Palace, Everton. Those, those, Everton. Those those few in the mid table that really they're not going to get European football at this stage. I don't think so. They, they might start blooding a few players and getting a, a, a few of the young guys in. So fingers crossed that that's where we'll. Those three games is what I've kind of said to myself. I think that's where we can pick it up, and then we could potentially have a cup final against West Ham on the last day. Yeah. Of the season. And, and like you're talking about Arsenal there, like how many of those players like Lacazette, Aubameyang, how many of those are going to punch their ticket to holidays as COVID restrictions start to ease across the continent? Yeah. Like France are all gone back to school today. I can imagine those two boys want to be back in and around. Uh, but, 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 but I would imagine, and if, if, you, if you take into consideration that the league is going to finish the end of July and restart maybe three weeks later, is that what they're saying? Oh, it's going. It's going to be an interesting one. Like what I, yeah, and, and that's a whole podcast in itself mm. because I think they've made a complete another balls at a transfer window, um, mm. in the way that they've done it. It just it favors once again. Who does it favor? The not top teams. us. Yeah, not us. It, again, that's all it favors. The only, the, the, only the one thing I can see that will favor us is we've got it. We've got to play teams that are well above us, with the exception of West Ham is the one that's in around us. The teams that are well above us. Like if if we if we we say we're in ten eleven twelfth place in two weeks time, you'd be sending Jack Grealish off on his holidays. Oh yeah, absolutely. To have him ready for next season. So Arsenal will be sending Lacazette, Aubameyang, Leno. We probably won't see again anyway. But you know well, all of these all of these players who are nailed on to start. They're going well. Let's give him a month break before we have to go kick and ball again. And they had two COVID tests. Before the before the was it was, sorry it was one and they were saying a very prominent player which you know there's been speculation it was Ozil and he came into contact with other players and that's why they didn't play certain players so yeah you know people don't want to be risking that kind of crap as well especially when you're relinquishing tenth eleventh like if you're not True, going to make yeah. European Europa League you might as well finish fourteenth you know yeah. especially it's, Arteta it's, can do that he's only been in the job three four months or whatever and for three of those four months we've been in lockdown so he yeah. can do what he wants. So like those those games, you know, Arsenal are tenth, Everton are twelfth, Newcastle should be nearly out of it now and thirteenth. Um, Palace, Palace, they're uh, they're ninth. Realistically, not oh, are Palace ninth? Like it's Jesus nothing, Christ, yeah. um, this league. And you know, there's Brighton. Brighton aren't out of it yet either. I know they 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 did well at the weekend, but they're not out of it. Um, and you know. You just worry about when when they play the teams around them, they they could pick up points, and I'm just hoping that we get the three points on Wednesday, and then we cause an upset. Well, it will be a relative upset beating Arsenal. Um, no reason why we can't beat Everton or Crystal Palace, and then you know the I don't see Man- the, I, I don't see any reason why we can't get. Yeah, I don't see any reason why we can't get a point against Liverpool, point against United. Just at the time no. of the year we're playing them, Liverpool, <laughs> Liverpool are going Liverpool, to be half caught. Yeah, they're, they're going to put out a lot of those kids who are on the periphery of the, of the squad as well. They're 100%. going to bring players in who haven't played 10 games to get them a league winner's medal. There's going to be a lot of that going on. So you never yeah. know. You just never know. Um, Man United might be a different story. They have a lot to play for. Um, so on my list, I actually have written down the only game that I see us getting zero. The only game that I see us getting zero points from is Wolves. <laughs> Genuinely, I just think that they're yeah. going to want to kick us in the throat while we're down, and I think yeah. that we can maybe get the other teams 
Like we, we're going to talk about Newcastle. We're going to shift it over. We're going to talk about Newcastle because we'll do an awful lot of projecting a Mystic Meg stuff over the course of the next few week, next week or two because that's really all we will we'll have to do to look forward to it. But um, looking at Newcastle, Newcastle, we would hope being eleven points above uh, above the drop zone and having a far superior goal difference, make that yeah. twelve points. I, I think it's insurmountable to get anywhere near Newcastle or for to drag Newcastle back into this. I game, think so. I d- well, well, they've more points now than the last three years took to stay up. So they yes. should be fine. Yeah. That's, that's the way I look at it. And 36 yeah. points will will keep a team up this year. Uh, it won't be far off it, I'd say. Yeah. Could yeah. What did less. they predict? 37, is it? I think 37 it was ter- should guarantee you. 37 was, guarantees. I think it's 17 of the last 21 years, 37 points has kept the team up. And 18 of the last 21 years, 38 points has kept the team up. And I think it was 11 of the last 21 years, 36 points has kept the team up. So... You know, I'm, I'll take my chances with 36 in this particular league. In a league when, when Arsenal are only, what, I think they're only like 13 points above us and, and Crystal Palace are in ninth and Sheffield United are in seventh, I'll take 36 points and take my chances. That keeps us up, to be honest with you. Absolutely. But still, yeah. that's, that's a, a what? That's a nine-point swing we need. Um, over, or sorry, a, a ten-point swing over, over the course of the next few games. And, and, and that all starts on, on Wednesday with Newcastle. Now, Newcastle obviously winning, uh, Joe Litton having that horrible miss and then coming in to score that goal in the last minute. Sheffield yeah. United were absolute dog tripe. They were useless. Yeah. They were very poor. Oh, and Stevens put in one of the worst performances. Uh, I, and I like him. I, I liked him. He's played superb this year. But my yeah. God, his, his performance after that goal was just, uh, he just wanted the ground to swallow him. John Egan, John Egan looked like he, he lost about three stone marking Keenan Davis the, the, <laughs> the Wednesday before because he couldn't, he, he couldn't move his feet. He was out in his feet against Newcastle and, um, you know, he got the road and, and two silly yellow cards for him to get. Uh, they didn't start Lundstrom. They started uh, John Fleck and Sander Berger in, in midfield instead of Lundstrom and they took out their, their enforcer in there and they just got overrun in midfield so the Newcastle while they scored three goals to me weren't particularly outstanding um and they they still look frail at the back they just did enough I I, I'd fancy us to get at them at the back yeah Um, Billy Sharp got at him if Billy Sharp can get at him at 34 years of age yeah I'd be hoping that Samata or Keenan Davis could get in around him you, you, you like I only saw the second half of the Newcastle game and probably the, the better of the two halves I'd imagine mm-hmm. um, so I came into it just as the guy was sent off but Matt Ritchie and St. Maximum were just outstanding yeah no um, Almiron wasn't bad so he went missing a bit uh, Joe Linton you just don't know what you're going to get with him but you know those two wide men could cripple us and two excellent crossers of the ball too so just a bit worrying that the amount of crosses we conceded at the weekend. Um, Andy, Andy Carroll got on the weekend, so, you know, we could, we could potentially see him up front and we'd struggle to contain him, I'd imagine. He looked like uh, Pat Mustard with his new, his new uh, facial hair. <laughs> uh, for anybody who doesn't know Pat Mustard, check out Father Ted. Type in Father Ted and Pat Mustard. If you don't know it, you've probably been doing life all wrong up to now, but uh, you'll enjoy it anyway. Um. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I think their back four, though, their back four are shaky, uh, Newcastle. Um, you mentioned about Matt Ritchie and um, and St. Maxim. They, they're absolutely on their day when things are going right, especially for, for St. Maxim. It's fantastic. But, like, wingers like that getting down, getting down the line and crossing the ball, if we perform like we did against Chelsea from that point of view and just allowing them to cross the ball in there, they don't have a striker that can finish the ball like the, like maybe a Giroud when the ball falls to him like that. So yeah. that might play into our hands slightly. Matt Ritchie's fantastic. Uh, like he's, he's one, like he was, he was superb at, um, at Bournemouth, I think as well, wasn't he? He was at Bournemouth that he was at. And actually just, just something on Bournemouth, going back to speaking about Bournemouth and, and West Ham, with Ryan Fraser uh, refusing to play for them for the rest of the season, apparently, uh, because he wants to, he wants to cash out and he's, uh, he doesn't want to sign that short-term contract and maybe yeah. risk getting injured before he signs a big money deal <laughs> reportedly at Arsenal um, to go to Arsenal. Like that's, that's crazy. You know, for for me, that that somebody would do that, but especially did with the team. Did he actually say that? I, I I was I was scratching my head because if he's out of contract, chances are he's already signed for Arsenal. 
so he would have to play up until the end of the month when his contract runs out. That would be my take on it. So yeah, but he, he doesn't have up. to story play. Wasn't yeah. uh, he he doesn't have to play. Um and, and like he's been he's been widely panned for it, like you know, as being a I don't know what you want to call him, but uh, it's, it's basically, Eddie Howe said that he basically, the winger won't play. He's rejected a short-term contract extension and, he, and Eddie Howe said, well, I can't have you playing for my team. I know you can play up to the end of the end of the month, but I suppose for Eddie Howe, he's kind of saying, why do I bring you into my team and then have to disrupt it by taking you out of it again? Yeah, um, Which is fair enough, you know, and I, and I think that is fair enough. But um, getting back to the Newcastle game, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty... I, I, like, I, I, I'm pretty upbeat about it. Um, I am certainly thinking that we will go with a small bit more expansive game than we did again on Sunday. I think we can afford ourselves to do that. The two central midfielders, uh, Isaac Hayden and um, who's the other guy in central midfield? John Joe Shelby. I think yeah. we can get at them. I, I can see a red card in this game. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I can see a red card in this game. I, it hasn't really done us great in the past. Uh, yeah. But I, I just can't. I can see this one where Villa come out and they've got maybe a bit of a... I can see Jack... I think Jack would probably play a bit more central in this game. And I think I he's going to he draw I think fouls. Can, I, think he, I think we'll have Jack against Shelby and he'll have Shelby wound up to the nines. Yeah. That, that, I was looking at that myself when yesterday. I was going, Jesus, Jack would really annoy him now. Yeah, and it, it would... Uh, it would absolutely. That's jump. a good thing because we we struggle, don't we? Uh, even putting Jack in the centre and telling him that he needs to play further forward and giving the impetus or the onus to uh, maybe McGinn to pick the ball up deep as opposed to Jack. McGinn, you pick the ball up deep. Douglas Louise, you prefer, or even Douglas Louise picks it up in the form he's in. Give it to the hot hand, the confidence player, and allow him to pick it up from the centre halves and 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 maybe start to dictate the play back there. Um, put Jack up a small bit for, further forward uh, when we're in possession he kind of cuts inside he doesn't need to be crossing the ball in anymore target gets down that wing we were doing this at the start of the season when Jack was playing out left he wasn't an out and out left winger or a right winger and he kind of played that way since we've came back from COVID-19 and the overlapping from target I can see why he is doing this because one of the biggest reasons we were getting caught and, and I was a bit of a detractor and he's certainly won back his favor with me is Matt Target that he was getting right up like sometimes he was crossing the ball right on the end line falling over the hoarding the ball was being cleared back out of the box and they were just attacking our left back who wasn't yeah. there who was mm. four four rows up in the stands now that's all fine and good if you're a team like United used to do back in the day when Beckham would pick up the ball and slide a pass down the down the outside and Gary Neville would go on the overlap and cross the ball in and that you had maybe that that team was on the back foot, but when we're when we're doing that, we're we don't pick up the second ball because we have to commit too many people forward to get the ball there in the first place, and we're just not a balanced side in midfield, or we haven't been up until now. So for me, that was a big detraction. But I, I'm going to be interesting to see, interested to see what way the team lines out, of where the attacking impetus comes from, because I think it's time to turn on the the attacking. Uh, the attacking faucet and try and let it flow. Now, as I said in the Totten Villain podcast, it's very, it's very, 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 very difficult to go from playing nine in front of in front of the or nine behind the ball, should I say, to turn on the attacking flair. You just, it's difficult to do that, mm-hmm. but it's an awful lot easier to attack like an absolute dog in the first twenty minutes and then retreat into your shell and get back into your structure, because it's it's just always been that way, you know. It's very difficult to move up through the gears, but it's a lot easier to move back through them. And 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 I hope we see that from from um, from Villa on, on Wednesday. What would be your your team? What changes would you make? Um, well, I I don't know whether you if it, if it was me, I I would uh, switch the front, keep keep it the way it is, but but. Uh, kind of play through the middle with the two boys up front and Jack in behind them with Jack kind of roving left to right um, that's you know I, I mentioned after the Sheffield United game our our, uh, our attacking was more direct than normal 
we revert to that and put the two boys up front, might it might it might give us a, a better option going forward. Um, I just I can't I can't see what El Ghazi and Trezeguet are going to give us. They've they've had too many opportunities now. Mm. Do we throw Hata in there and let him have a go at it? Got into the right position, near, near, nearly nicked a, a point for us at the weekend. Um, I don't know whether he has it or not. I don't know whether he's up to Premier League standard, but he can't be any worse than what the other two have done for us. That's my opinion. And I don't mean that in a really bad way. Trezeguet is full of heart. He's, I just don't think he's up for it. And I don't think uh, El Ghazi has the heart. <laughs> the two, two, different, uh, two different players. Um, so for me, I'd leave it as is, with that one exception of possibly playing Samata in, in in a three or a two, whatever way you want to line it up. But uh, I think it, I think it's time to shit or get off the pot. No, we have to go for it. I'd like to see Marvelous Nakamba come in. To I think he will come in. Maybe. Yeah, I think I think he might replace Connor. I think he might. I think he might replace McGinn, and 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 I think if you're going to play. If you're going to play Jack for the forwards, you bring in someone like Nakamba, you play Connor maybe out as a wide left midfielder, and you bring in someone like Mohamedy. Yes, it looks an awful lot more defensive on paper, but uh, putting Jack up closer towards Davis or Samata, and with um, with both of the crossing ability of of Howard and um, or, and uh, El Mohamedy, I think we could get some nice diagonal balls into the box there. Uh, it's it's something to play with. Jesus, last night I had a dream about Henry Lansbury that he came into that he came into the team. We haven't even seen him since He had a couple of good cameos. Yeah, you no, know, a couple of good cameos. He could be someone that could play as a wide right. You know, he's not exactly dreadful out there. But no. I think that I think it's time for Mohamedy to come in, and I think maybe Mohamedy would have been started there had we had Gilbert to maybe be on the bench um, in the event that we got because. We're kind of stretched at the back. We have, you know, we have Neil Taylor and Mohamedy are our defensive cover. Like, if we get an injury at centre half, let's just say we got an injury at centre half, we got an injury at concert. Like, we really don't yeah. have another centre. It's, it's in the camera in there. Yeah. 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 And, and that's, that's difficult. Like, it, it can't be understated that, yes, we did spend 120 whatever million, but we have 15, 16 Premier League quality players. And, that's even with bringing 11 players in. So like, and a lot of people revert back to, well, why did the club have poor squad management like that? But, you know, maybe Glenn Whelan could have still been at the club. Maybe he would have been able to do a job bringing him in for 10 minutes at the end, like a bit of leadership. Um, Maybe if you brought, maybe if it had a Glenn Whelan that could come in and could have steadied the ship again, instead of Kaja against, uh, against Liverpool, or maybe if we had a Glenn Whelan to, to hack the living shit out of San as he ran free, that day or to, to, I don't know, all those last-minute goals. Maybe if there was somebody that had that little boot-him-up-the-backside kind of ability um, yeah. in him, like a Glenn Whelan. But we can't, we can't keep on going back to the, well, you brought in 11 players piece. It's been done. It is what it is. And if we brought in 15 players, you might have been in a better position. So Absolutely. it's as easy to make an argument that we didn't bring in enough yeah. than we brought in too much. Um. But anyway, that's down a rabbit hole for probably a different, completely different yeah. parse Martin <laughs> podcast. But I think that I think Nakamba might come in. I think we might see somebody like um, somebody like uh, El Mohamedy. We might even see somebody like Vasilev in there. Just a bit of energy in around the yeah. in around the park as well, especially against Newcastle. And I think this is a game that he's really really targeted uh, while we've been out during COVID. And yeah. the first two games were get something out of both of them, attack at Newcastle, have five points out of nine, and be. Be be feeling good about ourselves then. Yeah, I think I think uh, I think from what, the amount of subs that he, he has on the bench to not see Louis Barry is a bit disappointing. He's obviously not ready. Um, I just think the unknown quantity would be a nice one to spring from the bench a couple of times before the end of the season. But maybe we don't have that luxury. But it it would be nice to do just something different than what we have, and maybe that's something different. This is Vasilev. So. So yeah, yeah, it's gonna be an interesting forty-eight hours till we find out where we're at. Fucking, I, I do, as I say, I don't care if we play Taylor left back, Target left left winger, um, <laughs> El Mahabadi right back, Gulbera right midfield. 
I don't care what we play as long as Jesus, if we play Pepe Rain up front, he gets two goals. I really don't yeah. care who starts. And this whole Jesus Smith is shit, look who he's picked. That that debacle, you don't know what system is being played, you don't know what people are being asked to do, you don't know what the mindset is for the first twenty minutes or an hour. Uh, that that really frustrates me. But look, that's once again, we've I've got about five podcasts I want to do. No, after after this one because uh, it's it's thrown up a lot of a lot of good talking points. Paddy, do you think we'll win on Wednesday? I do think we'll win on Wednesday. Comfortably, I, I, think, I don't think we win comfortably. I think I think it'll be tight. I think it's going to be a scrap. I think we'll invite them into a scrap, and hopefully we come out the other side of it. Um, there's a f- good few hot heads in that in that uh, Newcastle team. Mm-hmm. I think I think if we get at them and wind them up, I think we'll 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 win, but not comfortably. I'm I'm thinking two one, maybe one nil. Be happy with a one nil. Uh, I give them ninety nine percent possession if we can win one nil. I don't care. Yeah, just we just need three points. I remember when we played them in the first game this season, and I wasn't very hopeful of getting any out of it. We were on a very bad run that time as well, and we ended up I think smashing them three nil. Connor had an unbelievable game that day. Wesley got a got a goal. I think Wesley was played really well, you know. So I'm hoping that we can turn up against our old boss Bruce and we can have a little bit of a Brucey bonus again, uh, like we did at that time. It was a real, it was a real kind of uh, steadying the ship win that we had because we were on a bit of a slide, and yeah. uh, it was a midweek game as well, if I remember. Or it might have been it might have been a Monday night game or something like that. So hopefully, hopefully, hopefully something like that happens and we can do the double over Newcastle. I myself, I think it's going to be um, a 1-0. Or I think I'd be happy if we keep a clean sheet. You know, and Nick one, as you say, I think keeping a clean sheet is just as important as um, as scoring five goals because we want to keep our, uh, we want to control what we can control. You yeah. know, if we win 1-0, and drop that down to a minus five goal difference, and then cross our fingers. West Ham lose three nil again. You know, that's the great thing about goal differences. You know, you can. It's like it's like playing golf. It's like playing uh, yeah. playing golf. You know, you can you can erode into that very very easily. So I'm hoping for a one nil win. Yeah, well, fingers crossed. Leicester and and Sports can get a win at Brighton and West Ham tomorrow and take the pressure off ever yeah. so slightly. Um, we're in a good position actually that we're always playing behind these teams that these teams have yeah. to go and prove it before us and and I kind of like that some people would say I'd prefer to have my points in the bank but could you imagine losing and then West Ham winning and then knowing that you're four points behind and yeah. you're behind the eight ball whereas now you can react to everything that goes on ahead of you yeah. so far anyway and I think, I think this is the one game I'm kind of glad is behind closed doors it's, it's become a bit of a needle game over the last few years between the fans yeah. for yeah. some reason since um, since we relegated them, yeah, they they really don't like us. So it's it's the only one where I can say <laughs> I'm glad there's no fans there, hmm. um, and there's probably not too many uh, around left of, of that group that we we relegated either. There's probably, there's probably nobody. So um, yeah, <laughs> let let's just see what happens. It'll it'll be an interesting one. It really will. Um, yeah. the nerves have kicked in already. Yeah. I was completely, it was completely deflated last night going to bed, but then I woke up this morning nervous about Wednesday. So. Yeah, I was completely deflated going to bed, and then I woke up this morning and I went. I I was I convinced myself I was two hours late for work when I woke up. Uh, I actually I I did I, this is I looked at my watch and it said six fifteen, and I thought it said nine fifteen, and uh, I absolutely freaked out. Got dressed and everything, hopped up, looked at the laptop, was working for about 30, 25 minutes before I realized that I was an hour and a half early for work. <laughs> <laughs> so just continued through, just powered on through. But uh, hopefully we've the same mindset, we'll have the same mindset and they turn up almost a half, an hour and a half, ready for work an hour and a half early for this game on Wednesday. It is, uh, it's the game of the season. It's our game. It's pivotal for our season. We lose, and I think everybody's right, right to feel negative. We win, and I think everybody's rightful, right, rightful, right to feel hopeful, should I say? And that's going to do yeah. it for us today. Um, just, just one more thing: when you when you're watching on Wednesday, watch out for Philip Drew on the fan wall with his young lad. Oh, Nathan. is Philip there? He's, he's on on Wednesday, yeah. So uh, go mad, Philip. That'll be an additive uh, interest from an Irish point of view. Excellent, Philip, Philip. For those that don't know, is the chairman of the Leinster Lions. Um, so 
they're, they're on a Wednesday, so it should be a bit of fun. Brilliant. He'll be, he'll be rocking his Leinster Lions jersey, or maybe he might bring out that crisp silver NTL jersey from <laughs> Darius Vassell's last season at Villa. Yeah, he might do that, but uh, he's an array of jerseys, so I'd be interested to see what, what, what shirt he wears on, on, on Wednesday night, and uh, it'd be good to see his, his young fella there with him as well. But uh, yeah. Jesus, yeah, I'll be watching inten- intently for that. Um, and uh, get to see one of the one of the great Irish Villa supporters that is uh, that, that does so much for the Irish Line supporters clubs here mm-hmm. in Ireland as well. So that's going to do it. As I mentioned for for this episode, we'll be back hot in the heels of the game on Wednesday night uh, again. Uh, for everybody, stay safe. Stay safe. You can find us here um, on at Mac for the love of on Twitter. Uh, you can find Paddy on at Villa Paddy. You can listen as well, guys. If it, and. I, I did a, another podcast uh, yesterday, last night, The Total Villain. It's a YouTube show with um, with Liam Bryan and Jacob from the, the Villa View. And uh, it was a really interesting uh, discussion with the two guys there. They're two nice guys. If you want to follow them and subscribe on YouTube as well, they're two good guys. And uh, I hope to have them on here again, myself soon. Um, but I did something there as well. But uh, yeah, share around this podcast, everybody. Share it around to your friends. As I say, stay, stay safe, stay upbeat. We still have a chance. This is within, we actually, it's, it's within our, our grasp to get out of this mire that we're in at the moment. And think about how great it's going to feel when we beat West Ham in the last day of the season and we stay up and our worries will go away for about four weeks until we all start to shit ourselves again about the Premier League. <laughs> and all that's left to say with that very, very hopeful thought in our minds is up the villa. Up the villa. Place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You could get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.